So imagine the amazement of Bill Bowers, University of Arizona graduate, 1927, as he discovers a bell headed for the smelter for destruction. And that bell was inscribed with USS Arizona. It was one of the two bells salvaged from the actual ship, and it was soon to be destroyed. Bowers was instrumental in saving the bell and getting it back to his alma mater, where it has rung since 1951. And it's no surprise that the bell was the centerpiece of the present-day Student Union Memorial Center, not just because of its connection to the USS Arizona, but also its connection to the 50 years it had previously been a part of the campus. Frank Farias, a retired executive director of the University of Arizona Bookstore, had a vision to create a new store which would transcend the idea of a campus bookstore and portray the university as an industry leader in retail. At the same time, the university was planning a modern student union to replace the existing building. The two projects worked together and the result is this amazing structure just east of Old Main. When you're inside of it and you look to the west, you see the bookstore. To the east, the student union. From above, you might think you're looking at a ship docked in the harbor. From the ground, you're surrounded with elements of design from the historic buildings being replaced, from the region's geology, and the culture of the students. Even the process was revolutionary. Up until the student union, it was common practice to complete the design, send it out to find the lowest bidder. Well, Bob Smith, who is the current vice president for university planning, introduced the design build model by which designers and contractors work together toward the final project. Construction can begin before the complete design is finalized. This method has been proven as more efficient and less costly and another innovation from U Arizona. Well, I had a chance to take a tour of the student union in the bookstore with uh, Frank Farias, and we recorded our conversation as we walked. We were joined by two members of the project, Chris Kraft, who's a project manager still with the university, and Joe Sotosanti, a student union project operations manager, now since retired. So we had a, a mic going, lots of background noise, so bear with us on that, but really good information. And um, we're happy to share that with you here today. So what I'm hoping is if we could just, if there's just to kind of walk and if there's anything in particular that you find fascinating or that, that, that might not be as obvious, if we could just point those out so we can get kind of a fair idea of what all the symbolism that you're aware of that's, that's in the building or any, any special history or anything that you'd like to share and, and just, just kind of walk and talk and then you guys let me know, you know, I have a general idea I and mean, I know it's designed to be uh, memorial to the USS Arizona and I understand there's some uh, pieces of the ship and there's also some iconic uh, symbolism involved here and there's the bell. Uh, have you seen the model of the ship in the in the yeah. in the union in the lounge? Right. Yes. So you just said what people don't know. What you can't see is what you see from the sky is the actual shape of what it looks like is the So if you were looking from, from, above, yeah. from above this would be the shape of the ship. Right. Right. Well there's elements of the ship all over here. We're standing in front of what could be the bow. This this um, stone wall, and then at the end, the belt 
property is, that is a the point of the bow. And like um, Joe said, or, or Frank, this is uh, the turret. It doesn't look like a perfect little ship, but it's, there are elements of it. For example, if you're walking along this uh, walkway here, and you look here, it's very uh, representative of a ship at a dock. Every time you turn around, there's something maritime about this and memorial. So it's, it's not like a ship necessarily. We, we, I have a nice uh, memorial out there that has got the exact layout of the ship, but and it looks like a ship. This just is has the elements of it. other aspects of the design that incorporate, uh, like for instance, this wall. You see that was designed by George Davis to um, identify the um, uh, the different layers sediments and layers of, of uh, rock yeah. Yeah. yeah in other words if you look at the layout of the block the different colored blocks it emulates a certain um, section of earth that George Davis knew about this area right here and beyond that there's another element of design that represents like a, a wash a, a loop tower in a, in a vessel. It could, is it something we can see if we walk over there? No, yeah, we can see area, okay. that design element. Okay. And this right here, they represent like the areas where somebody in a, in a naval vessel would be on the lookout tower. And then even down below this whole area, and in there, there's, a, uh, there's an architectural element that you'll see. It's a metal plate uh, to look like a rusted ship. And there's some uh, anchor chains. They're not part of the Arizona original, but they are naval ships. They are actual naval vessel uh, chains. Uh, during the discussions about the construction design, we also talked about trying to incorporate uh, uh, a, so a flavor of the Southwest. And, and so the windows that you see down here were, were brought up in the discussions about replicating elements of designs like in the Santa Fe area represent the Southwest. So that's that's part of that, but it also replicates some of the naval vessel having like uh, the small windows on the side. So. And even these bridges are emulate what you might find on a ship. They yeah. don't look they like look it, up. but they're yeah. but they emulate that same sense of viewing everything. Yeah. So you have the bow of the ship this way, you can see the concave, and then it ends here, which is even more of a poignant bow for the belfry is, for the bell is. What's really interesting was that the design element also, the design element also incorporated an aspect of like a vessel, uh, the sail of the vessel, which you'll see on the other side of that, and it was so high we ended up having to cut it down, <laughs> because otherwise you couldn't see the clock. And there's really one of my big heroes is uh, Bill Bowers. As this building was, was being finished, Someone called me for an interview, NPR or somebody, and I didn't know a whole lot about the bell. I'm busy trying to get this thing built, and with Bomb Smith, of course. And um, so I checked into it, and I heard about this guy, Bill Bowers, and I, he was he was 99, 99 years old. And I called him and asked for some information, and ultimately, Frank and the alumni associates, we brought him down here, and he rang the bell at 99 years old, and there's a video of him doing that. But wow, what a history, and, and I mean, I don't want to go into it right now, but incredible love for this university. Absolutely, everything they did back for him, did for him back in the 20s, he remembered it. And that is why 
when he was looking for a gong on the West Coast, and he went up in Bremerton, Washington, and, and saw through the Craigslist <laughs> crate, USS Arizona. I mean, the guy is in the middle of war. He's got a family. But he saw USS Arizona on that bell, and nothing else mattered except that bell back here. We are in the middle of an interview we did at the U of A campus with the uh, Student Union Bookstore and uh, the Student Union Memorial Center there. We have been talking with the um, uh, former director of the the bookstore, uh, Frank uh, Farias, and we have joined uh, Chris Kraft, who is still a project manager at the university, and Joe uh, Sotosanti, a student union project manager, who has since retired. We'll be back to the conclusion of that in a moment. I want to remind you that you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio 99.1 FM and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. And we'll head back to the University of Arizona, finish up our interview with three members that helped bring to life the Student Union Memorial Center. Then I'll talk a little bit about process and some of the uh, unique ways that they were able to make this happen. And I hope you hear in their voices not just the excitement of of how this came together, but listen, listen to how they talk about doing it within the elements of uh, the campus life and, and really how they're able to, to keep the focus on the students while they're going through this construction. So the, the, when the architect that, that won the, the final bid for this, were, did, did they have, were they told up front, hey, we want to do something along these lines, or did they come back to you with this and say, hey, we've got a great idea? Yeah. We actually, um, we went to a competitive bid process as an institution the university had to go to, and we interviewed a multitude of different organizations or corporations that were interested in the project. They came up with the best grasp of what we were trying to accomplish was uh, a, a sort of a, a recognition of the USS Arizona and the Southwest. And so that's how we ended up selecting the company. But in my opinion, as a, an estimator, which is how I spent most of my career, we got the most value from that group. There were four um, ideas for this union, and, and the one that won had this gave us absolutely the best value. And the only one with a loading dock below the plaza. We, we went to, when we went to the competitive bid process, the first estimate came in at $124 million. And we knew that that was not gonna be acceptable. So we were asked to go back to the drawing board. And the second one was about $94 million. And then at that point, the Board of Regents basically gave approval for $60 million and said, that's it. You, you build whatever you can with $60 million, that's what you get. And you have to raise $15 million of that. Um, and so, uh, so we, we strategized in terms of how we would approach. Instead of saying, we need this, we said, we got $60 million, what do you have to offer us? And they, that's how we ended up selecting HDM. They gave us the biggest bang for our club. Right, that was here. You know, it's just reverse bidding. It's bidding on quality and quantity for our bucket of money. When I first started uh, the idea of constructing a new uh, bookstore expansion, I did a very simplistic financial uh, projection of how I would pay for that because I had to substantiate that. And uh, uh, basically, what we ended up doing was. Uh, using that model and expanded it to represent bigger dollars. At the end of the day, the bookstore actually only used like uh, 16 or 18 percent of the total space of the union, but ended up being committed to 52 percent of the total bill. 
And it was the bookstore's funding. The bookstore was the only one that had the funding to pay for the initial architectural design elements. Thank you, Frank. We'll never forget it. <laughs> you had asked about the original criteria. It wasn't just design. Uh, the architect also had to be familiar working, building campuses, schools. And, and you know, because you have working on campus is a lot different than working in the city of Tucson. Rules and regulations are still the same, still very strict. But we're our own city here, and it's, it's really hard. There's, there's a very little staging area. And when we were building this building, we, uh, we had to pick an off-site area for the employees to be picked up and busted into the union. Right. And, and, and construction workers and yeah. employees. The objective of the construction was to design without interruption of the, of the services. The bookstore never closed one single day. And so what we ended up doing was building in two phases. So I always think about uh, the fact when we uh, were still not completely finished, there was a, an opening and we were serving the, the, fall, the August semester start. And uh, the parents were coming in and we had a young man say, oh, look there, because we had painted the clouds in the ceiling already. And there was a pigeon that somehow got into the building. And they said, look, Dad, this is really cool. They got clouds and the guy actually had birds in here too. It was an accident. Was this the original, uh, when it was reconstructed, was all of this done? Or, or have there been ad additions over the years? Yeah, this, is a, this is a complete uh, structure, uh, some in, inside uh, renovations, but this is a original described, uh, design structure. The bookstore used to be uh, at the end of this building right here, and it actually faced out here. And it actually was, it ran, it, the front of the store was, uh, runs in line with this concrete. It had steps, and now uh, that area is all underground. And you can see that uh, the old student union was built. You, you sort of had to come down here. So we expanded quite a bit when we did this project from the original footprint that was here. So. Yeah, this seems like a massive project. And like we you, never you closed. Really As Frank said, the bookstore never closed. The union never closed either. We served up until 6 o'clock that evening, closed our restaurants, and pushed over whatever equipment that needed to be relocated in, in the new building. In and we 36 started. hours. You moved your kitchen operation right. into the new building in 36 hours. It was a non-stop. Now, what, what, one of the things that was most rewarding at the very end of the construction is that I actually hired Diana Madeiras. Everybody knows Diana Madeiras in town. And she actually did a, an oil, original oil painting depicting this area. But I, I, she relocated Cactus from Old Main into her painting down here incorporated. And I now see that there's actually some cactuses right here. So, so life imitating art. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And this the the construction actually began early 2000s. 1999. 99. Okay. In 1999, we were finalizing the contract in the spring of. Well, yeah. 1999, we we took the first dirt of, and how okay. I know that is I was I had open heart surgery like three weeks later after that open. Good heavens. Yeah, and I I actually went back to the history in the printouts and uh, went back to my records and it was 1999 when we did the, the first show. We didn't finish till 2002, 2002, 2003, uh, and. Uh, 
which is interesting because you're involved with the Festival of Books, um, there was always a, a discussion about having a big book event after the construction of these projects, and Melissa Vito and myself talk about uh, developing that uh, program. And so about five years after we had opened the, the bookstore, we started talking about having to launch the book festival. And we were six months into the planning. Well, Bill and Brenda Viner approached me and asked, um, they came out and said, we have this wonderful idea. And I pointed out, we just happened to be six months ahead of you, and that's how we merged. That's how I became part, uh, one of the founders for the Tucson Festival Books. That, that so is. all kinds of connections back to the student unions. <laughs> the initial investment for the books that first year was uh, half a, it was five hundred half a million dollars, five hundred thousand, with no guarantee of sales, no guarantee on an audience. And so I had my fingers crossed and uh, my reputation, my job on the line. <laughs> and as it turned out, eleven years ago, that was probably the best investment we did. The old union in those days it was called the living room of the campus okay. it was the place that had well like part of home you had meeting rooms you had a place to eat the kids slept here they really didn't have rooms but they sleep on on, on the uh, uh, couches and chairs so when we were designing the new building we had to continue that you know we couldn't just have a building that didn't have those type of spaces for the students we could never forget that this is a place for the students, faculty and staff also. So that's why you see a lot of space around this union here as many business people have come through the years, oh, I could use that space, I could put up a restaurant, I could sell this and that. But no, we have to keep a certain amount of space for our, for our students to study. And so that's what I remember about the old history of, of the old union. I do remember a lot of people, I don't know if it was past senators that went to college here that they met their wives here and they take pride you know where they met down in Louis lower level and Louis lower level was just a place where they made hamburgers and french fries but it had a certain atmosphere it was one of the, you know it was down in the basement when was the original student union built was that was that the original one that, that this uh, replaced or well, was there it was added on so I, the original one was built in, when was it built in 40 something I got that yeah. you know and then 51 and then 61 there was another edition the Gallagher concerned with one dining hall it burned down they built another one and it got really crowded and then in the 40s of course the Navy moved in and they needed more room so they put an addition on to it and then um, that became crowded, so they tore down the Navy location and kept the kitchen going while they built the new union. And they built the new union in 1950 in two parts also, the same thing we did, mm -hmm. so that they could keep their original dining hall going and build the new kitchen facilities and ballroom and whatever, and then tear the old dining hall down and, and uh, build the second half of the Union, 1950s Union, right. and then the bookstore. Right. So this leapfrogging of this, always keeping this place open, no matter what, is a tradition. <laughs> tradition, that's the word uh, you hear throughout uh, that conversation, that you feel that throughout their, um, uh, their excitement of, of sharing this story. That was, uh, at the end there, that was Chris Kraft. He's a project manager at the University of Arizona. 
Uh, we also heard from uh, uh, Frank uh, Farias. He is the uh, bookstore. Uh, he's retired, but he was uh, in charge of the bookstore when the, the union was created. Um, and then we also had Joe Sotosanti, who was the student union project manager at the time. And they were very, very uh, generous with their time. Weren't able to uh, um, to meet with Bob Smith. He was um, kind of busy. He's kind of putting all of this love that we see in the student union. He's doing that with all the buildings on campus. But the team spoke very highly of him and um, him making it work here uh, for the University of Arizona. My name is Tom Heath, and you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. <laughs> 